Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Susan Montanero. She is a brilliant friend, sister, and auntie. Her deep desire to survive and thrive led her on a long journey to heal old trauma while seating herself for self-love and compassion. Susan's strength, courage, and tenacity led her to become a certified holistic health and wellness counselor in 2006, earn a Bachelor's of Social Work in 2017, and a Master of Clinical Social Work in 2021. Always the cheerleader, Susan encourages others to be true to themselves and to embrace their beauty and their flaws. Susan, welcome to the space. Hi. Hi. My goodness, I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here with you. This is so exciting. And I love that you are tapping into so many different types of people to have this conversation because it's it just goes to show and it really it really confirms everyone has creativity. That is the point. Yes. That is that is the mission. That's why I was born. That's why, because uh, it's so freeing, right? It certainly is. Yeah. I can't wait to have this discussion with you. So I read the littlest bit about you. So if you could tell us in whatever you want to share a little bit more before we do a deeper dive, um, tell us a little bit more about who you are, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I am a 50 something year old woman now who has just gone through such a wild ride in this life. I have discovered and uncovered so many parts of myself um, through relationships, through professions. And I have to say, this has become like the more prime time. And I think it's just a function of learning to express, which is really the conversation and the deeper parts of it that we're going to talk about today. And when you start to master those portions of yourself, everything becomes real and everything becomes possible. And I think with each decade, that has been absolutely true for me, you know, so 
while I started off, like you had mentioned in my intro, kind of sur- like going through the survival aspects of life and trying to figure out how to really switch that from survive to thrive. Um, it also helped me to uncover like, okay, which choices did I make because I was looking to survive and how did I use those to my benefit work-wise, relationship-wise? And now how am I making conscious choices that I just want to make just because I want to enjoy or express or, you know, kind of lead myself down the path that I want to be on. And there's such a difference between survival decisions and then just good old choice because it feels right or it feels good. And so talking a little bit about more who I am, that's kind of where I'm at. Now I'm doing this totally different work in psychotherapy and kind of coaching and cheerleading people to their own finish line. And it's super, it's super. (laughs) I haven't heard that (laughs) word in a while. Super. It is. And I so many words that you use and so many concepts, which we're going to dive in deeper. But I have to say just right now, what stood out to me was discovery. More than one word, but how you said each decade uh, that you went through, how it brought up different things and choices, conscious choices. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. So before we do the, the deeper work here. Um, we're going to do a, would you rather? So are you ready, Susan? Definitely. Yeah. Bring it, bring it on. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather have the ability to control the weather or talk to animals? Oh, definitely talk to animals. (laughs) That was like no brainer. (laughs) Absolutely. Now don't get me wrong. Weather and me, oh, such an interesting situation, but I can tolerate what comes and I really don't need to control mother nature. Cause let's face it in the end, you will never win that battle. Um, but talk to animals, just the, the sheer idea of like hearing what's really going on. Oh, it wouldn't even burst my bubble if it were totally the opposite of what I thought were true. I'd be like giddy. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I love that. You know, right before I got on this call, I was watching a reel and who knows if it was real or not, but uh, it showed a, um, it said what happened when the owner fell asleep. So they had a, uh, a recording up apparently. So the person fell asleep, you know, you just see their hand and the phone was there and it showed the dog resting its head on the mattress. And then it took the phone out of the person's hand with its mouth, pulled the cover up over them and then turned the light off. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. (laughs) I was just like, oh, whether it was trained to do that or not, regardless, I was just like, it's like, who's taking care of who here, right? That's what it begs begs you to think of. It's like, hmm, what's really the situation? Well, they always say like, and I did this once with a dog I had years ago. They're like, oh, and then you can go to puppy kindergarten and you can learn how to do all this stuff. And you get there and it's like, it's really for you, kindergarten. It's so not for the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Which I cracked up over. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, we need to be trained. Yes. That's so funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's the reality. You get there and you're like, hello, this is for us. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's fun and I love, I will say, I think uh, some of those New Yorker cartoons when they have an animal involved are always my favorite because it's just like, yeah, we're going to make fun here of the of the adult in the room for sure and the owner in the room. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. 
Good to <laughs> uh, okay, so I want to welcome the people here live. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box below and be part of the conversation. So, Susan, let's dive into the first official, official question, which is, how do you define creativity? Yeah, I thought about this one. And, you know, what comes to mind, because I'm going to take, you know, kind of dovetail off the conversation that we had started between us, you know, a while back. To me, the way I define creativity is, I'll, I'll use a word to start the conversation, exhale. To me, creativity is how we take what's happening inside and let it out of us, right? So it's sort of like exhaling. I think I think what happens is that that can take so many forms, which is why we see different creative um, expressions in so many different forms or formats or, or methods and ways and styles, you know, and, and creating art, like we've taught, we've discussed the difference between, oh, I am creative and then art artists right over here. It's like, it's, yes, it's creative, but it's, a, it's just one of many ways in which to express it. And so creativity to me is what you, what is going on inside of you and how you allow that to come out of you into the world. And that can always be a, just about what started off inside of you or, or obviously for, you know, our human experience. It's also how the outside world is impacting what's going on inside of you. So the, the what, the how, and everything that uh, everything has an impact or, or it can, add to it. But um, how are you feeling inside? And I think we see that through behavior. And I think we see that through literally artistic expression, whether it's music or fine art or, or what have you, or, or creativity in a variety of ways. But um, yeah. And I think the more you allow yourself and see yourself as being creative and allow yourself those exhale moments, whatever that is to come up and out, you get better at that level of expression, hopefully. Yeah. Mm. Does that That's make sense? <laughs> That's just what I was going to ask you is, I love the word exhale. I love how, I really appreciate how you use that in here. Um, it's just kind of, it's very poetic to me, but is exhaling different than expression? Well, I think I'm using it as a, as a form for people to then understand how I'm, how I'm uh, identifying or defining Yeah, my, you know, version of creativity. Like to me, creativity is just letting out like, oh, what's been on for me? What's been on my mind or what, what's stirring inside of my gut or what's been, you know, even aching me in my neck or my back. It's like whatever I'm holding on to, whatever is, you know, churning or making its way through me, whether it's like, you know, based in love, based in frustration, based in whatever. It's sort of like what my thinking is, the stuff I think is true or the stuff I think is false. It's how it, it's how it's then going to come out of me. Is it going to come out through this amazing conversation? Is that how I'm going to exhale it and, and bring it up and out? Is it going to be through, you know, the form of like picking something up and creating and crafting something? Am I going to bake? Am I going to cook something? Am I going to go and teach something? You know, am I going to walk and smile at people that I pass on the street? You know, how's it going to emerge from me? Um, so exhale, emerge, anything like that. How will I use it in my, in my daily experience? Um, and I think when we start to think of creativity in some of that way or those ways, then we can start to realize why we all, how we all have it and how that's a true statement, right? And how we can use it 
uh, more consciously or more thoughtfully or just in a way that serves more than an outburst. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yes. More than an outburst. Because if you're on, if you're uncontrolled in it and you're not paying, you're not seeing how that is a part of the creative process, then you could just be like a person who's walking around screaming at everybody or like demanding things in life or being very gruff and rough on the edges. That's creativity people. That's just, you're, you're being very creative with your negative feelings or your, you know, uh, downward feelings. And, um, that's how they're using that tool now to, uh, to face the world and to sort of represent you out there. So you, you do have a choice. Mm. You do have a choice. Yeah. I love that. What you just kind of brought up about representation, it yeah. really is within everything. It's, yeah. It becomes yeah. a rainbow spectrum at that point to me. That's the first thing that just mm. actually popped into my head just now. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then there's a spectrum, right? Because then you can sort of put yourself on it. You're like, hmm, how am I showing up for the world? And how is all of my creative flow and juice coming out of me? Is it intentional? Is it unintentional? You know, is it positive? Is it negative? You know, and how can I turn that into something? Something that I, that's more, little, maybe a little more intentional, even if a little undefined. So, mm. yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. Um, anybody who's just coming on, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Uh, feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat box. Um, when you started, you really did what I called this was exploring a deep desire to survive and thrive. So you kind of addressed that immediately mm -hmm. when you said early on you were making choices to survive. And then as the decades have gone along, it's more choices that feel good to you, which are yes. worth thriving. Uh, could you please just tell us more about your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think for me, a lot of my life has been very focused on a traumatic uh, upbringing and just a lot of trauma in the household, right? A lot of trauma that I wore from a very, very young age to the point where we, when I would work with an executive coach years ago, we would point to this like idea of, you know, my fire being put out at a young age. It was just the nature of the circumstances. But because of that, it left me in survival mode from a very young age and constantly feeling armored, constantly making decisions from this place of where, how can I be safe? How can I be sure? Um, and so as I came into adulthood, I would basically make decisions in the safest way possible. Everything was about surviving. I always felt like I had like a thousand nets under me. I just, everything had to be padded and controlled and I didn't really have fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had fun times and I laughed and I had great friends around me and it looked fun from the outside, but inside I, I did was not having fun. I was not doing, I didn't even know what I wanted. I didn't give myself a chance to figure out who I was. Hmm. And I was always operating from a survival mindset, which was, I was numb. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was mm -hmm. just numbed out. And so, you know, everything that I did was to keep everything flowing and to keep the roof over my head and to just keep going and keep going and please other people and not be disappointing and have really good manners and, and just showcase myself in a way that was acceptable. And so when you live that way, you lose a lot because you're not 
there's nothing intentional. You don't know who you are. You're not making choices that are beneficial for you or for what you truly want because you haven't stopped to think about who you are to know what you want. And so all I can say is that over time, I became super uncomfortable in my life. And I couldn't get out of my way or figure out why. Like, why is this not working out? Why do my relationships fail? Why do I not like my work and the job that I go to? Even though like I was successful and, you know, I made nice uh, friends there and this and that. Why was I feeling like not happy? Like, and who was I to complain? So before I could even like stop to realize that I needed to excavate <laughs> have a massive excavation in my life, it just would, it snowballed out of control. So it took me a really long time. I was well into my thirties before I stopped and cut myself the slack I needed to say, wait a minute here. Like you are in survival mode. You are carrying and wearing armor and every, your load is so heavy and it feels so weighed down and uncomfortable because you created this. And you can actually start to undo it. Um, and then it was just a function and a process of of taking all of those layers off and trying to discover and figure out who I am. And I think, you know, for those listening and for those who will listen after today, the hardest part of that, when you find yourself in a situation that's even remotely similar, the hardest part is that life is still happening. You cannot press the pause button on life. <laughs> so... <laughs> This shit keeps hitting the fan nonetheless, and you cannot stop the now while you're trying to deal with yesterday. And I think that's a, like a vicious cycle we find ourselves in um, that anyone can find themselves in. And so I had to figure out how to slow life down a little bit just so I could manage to take the layers off of me. And, um, you know, and then it was like, oh, oh, a function of how much do I inspect that? How much do I just toss that? It was literally like a like cleaning out a, a very, you know, clogged home or closet or, you know, you could create the size that you want, whatever it means for you in your life. But for me, it was like, it was pretty massive. And it was like, okay, I have to create, like, I had to create piles at first, you know, of, okay, this is going to go, this is going to stay, and this is a maybe, <laughs> you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's what it became for me. But through that, you know, I, again, I had to figure out who am I? Like, how am I going to navigate the next uh, chapter? What do I want for myself? And so my first decision really came with, I'm going to figure out how to recreate my life and start over a, a career. Um, and eventually I would find myself as an adult learner going back to school because I had never actually finished my educational years in college. I had been very successful um, made great, you know, great living for myself, but not with a degree. And I thought, oh, I'm going to need that if I'm going to, I'm going to pivot into something new. I'm sure someone's going to want that from me. And so I, I assumed that I needed that. I made the choice to go back and get a degree. And I was like, well, I could, could make it easy and I could just get a degree in what I've been working at. And then that'll, that'll be very one, two, three. But I was like, but I don't want to do this anymore. So I, I can't take the easy road. I have to take the harder road and I have to actually make a choice and make a decision. Um, yeah. And I went from being a media executive to being a social worker, getting into that program. Cause I'm like, yeah, therapy, I'm going to be a therapist. I've course, duh, it makes so much sense. Like I'm like the massive cheerleader. I've been life coaching and wellness counseling for years at that point. I'm like, 
yeah, like, why did you have such a hard time for the past 20 years trying to figure out what you wanted to be when you grew up? What the hell's wrong with you? I literally had that, <laughs> that and you know me enough now to know, like, of course I had that conversation just like that with myself. Of course. But wait a minute, wait a minute. This is so beautiful. You are saying so many things that are so, I just need to, because I, I can right now, pause yeah, at, at one minute, is that. So while you made these realizations, I think that's such a brilliant statement of life is still happening and you cannot press the pause. Like everybody, this is real. And, and Kelly uh, highlighted that too. We can't, life is in session and we're feeling all these things. So what do we do? So my question, I guess, to you is a basic question. So as you decided to go back to school and do this, were you still doing the job that you weren't so happy in? Oh yeah, I had no choice because it's always been me. You know, I, I was not in a partnership or a marriage where I could lean on my person to say, hey, you've got the bills for the next year or whatever. Yeah, I was not in that situation at all. Um, I also didn't have children, so I wasn't responsible for anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so at the last um at the last, you know, um minute, I was like, okay, you're going to have to double, double down on this. And so for me, I went to school at night. I was either working in a consulting capacity. So, right. I had a little more control over my time or over the years that I went to school at night, I at times had a full-time, you know, staff position in companies. So I just, every semester was a new new challenge for me to figure out when can I go to school, <laughs> you know, and for the first year, it wasn't so bad because I honestly, I wasn't a great student when I was younger because I was so bogged down from my earlier years of not learning and, and, you know, all of the things that had happened and occurred that created uh, a different kind of mindset. I didn't right. think I was smart, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I really got treated like a kind of like a blonde bombshell in my younger years. I was sort of treated in that way in the work environment, even though I was smart, you know, people didn't necessarily necessarily, I think that I was leading with that. Um, and so I, I didn't think that of myself. I went back to school and took only one class the first semester. The second semester, I only took two classes. It was when I started getting A's and started to realize that I was actually really smart and I was engaged and curious and wanted more. I was like, holy crap, I'm in, you know? And so, yeah, I went to school and I worked. Sometimes my work required me to be on a plane and be in different cities across the country. And so I always would say to my employers, I'm like, I can go for the week to that conference, but I can't get there. I can be on the first flight out on Tuesday morning, but Monday nights I go to school. And I would like beg to like not have anything start for me on a Monday night because I needed to be in the classroom. And I would try to keep all my classes confined like that. Um, and then every semester I was negotiating, you know? But you were creating boundaries too, and you were establishing something that was important to you. Yes. And I, what you're saying is very real in the fact of, no, you don't have to just get up and quit your job, even though you might want to, but you're not always in a position to do that. So here you're giving real, a real life of, okay, it's the baby steps. Yes. You're like, I'm not happy. What changes do I need to make? How can I implement this into my life? And there we go. Start with a class and then build up. Once you also feel the worthiness, felt better about yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the coolest part for me was, again, I was engaging in these classroom environments with professors, with students who were like, you know, half my age or at least a good 15, 20 years younger. 
And I was having a blast. And, you know, I'm sure it was annoying for some people at times. They're like, who's this person? But I was like, I didn't care. I paid for that class. And my attitude is I was showing up and I was getting everything out of it. Right. You know, and I went for it and I loved it. And I loved that I was learning stuff that probably my peers had learned many years ago. It was exciting to feel like I was, quote unquote, catching up. I have always, and anyone who's listening that knows me will know that I say this, I've always referred to myself as having arrested development. Always. That's my expression because I've done it. Everything that's happened for me has happened out of order, completely out of order than the traditional person, so to speak. Everything has happened at a completely different pace and order. And so here I am in my forties and I've gone back to school and I'm finally learning and feel like I am getting all of those things, that juicy content, that amazing, you know, understanding of philosophy and, and all sorts of theology and all sorts of interesting old, old, uh, you know, quotes and old readings that I just never had been exposed to. Here I am having this really amazing experience learning and saying, holy crap, like I didn't, I've only heard about that philosopher. I had no idea what they stood for. I had no idea what that, what they were even talking about. And now I know, and it's like so exciting, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? (laughs) But but I think what you're also illustrating is when we're younger and we're in school, so often we're not engaged and excited about it. So here you chose as a choice. I won. I won. (laughs) It's a choice. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. This feels, this feels so it's a completely different energy um, because nobody's making you do it. That's right. And it was like, wow. And so, yeah, so everything started to roll. It's not an easy thing to do. I can't imagine if I had had, you know, kids in the mix, how that would have been for me. I'm sure it would have been far more complicated. I did start taking online classes when I could because, you know, there were uh, even before like this whole COVID thing, there were opportunities to take certain classes that way. And I thought, oh my God, fantastic. You know, it just lets me take more credits in a given semester. Because then I was on a complete mission. I was like, oh my God, I need to get through this. And then I had to make the choice on the, on the actual uh, degree that I wanted to um, pursue that also, like I had started saying earlier, like, duh, no doubt you, you know, you, of course you want to talk to people all day long. It's what you do when you go to work anyway, except you, for me, I ended up coaching people and counseling people in the workplace. Everybody would come to my office, my cube, wherever (laughs) I was situated, you know, Hey, you know, can you help me with some language or, Hey, how do I ask? Or even just to like kind of bitch and moan about the the structure of things like how do I navigate this? I loved that part of my job. I loved when I was in management roles and and had a team or had people that would roll up to me. I, I loved training and teaching and guiding. I thought it was wonderful to give somebody or help somebody figure out how to fly. I, I always encourage. So yeah, it made a lot of sense to me to to pursue this. Um and it took forever. And let me tell you, even my own journey of figuring that out, it came with a with a massive price tag because when I graduated, I had everything queued up to finish my fifth year, which would allow me to be, you know, credentialed to then actually practice this uh, type of profession. And I'm happy to admit I failed math three times in college. Three times. I, there were three options to take to, re, to hit the three credit requirement. And I all three of those options, I, I, I took them all, failed them all. Yeah. And it yeah. prevented me from, you know, for a few years from finishing out that fifth year that I needed, hence the lapse between the undergraduate degree and the, and the graduate degree. But whatever, 
<laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like whatever. Mm-hmm. You just, you, you make a plan, you figure it out and you, uh, you find a way. And in saying that, when you said, you know, you don't know how it would be different if you had kids or, you know what, regardless, you figure it out. You do. And that's what, that's what life, when you're passionate about something, when you have a goal and you're taking those steps to get to it, you literally do. You figure it out how you're going to do that. Um, Because if you want it enough and you finally have gotten to the point of shit, I can't, I can't wait anymore or this doesn't feel good. I'm not exhaling. Like you said, I'm not exhaling my true person because I'm feeling angry, because I'm feeling resentful, because I'm feeling fearful, because I'm feeling all of these things. It's changing it. It's, it's pivoting. And yes, you're still going to have some of those feelings and that's going to show up. But the idea is to have more of the other things of I'm excited I'm doing this. I'm problem solving it out. I'm um, all of that aspect. Exactly. And I'll tell you, I mean, I had to, you know, through all of that process of making that, that huge pivot for myself, you know, there were times when I was not working where the work was not there and it was hard. Um, it was also crazy because I was still dealing with cobwebs of my past because some of that residue was still showing up in my life. Now, while I was able to look at my professional space and make some declarations there, and yes, you know, navigate those channels as crazy as they might become, right, and continue with that passion for the profession, in my personal space, things were kind of lopsided. You know, I wasn't always in healthy relationships or taking myself, you know, seriously toward the right people. And so I had to consistently navigate that as well. And so that was, you know, a little bit of a thorn in my side. And just when you think the work is done, it's never done. You know, you always sort of have to stay open and curious and, and create boundaries, which I had terrible boundaries as a, as an individual. And again, anyone listening who knows me really well, and has been around for a while has witnessed some of that, of course, or been on the receiving end. But um, yeah, it's a con- you're a constant work in progress. And at the end of the day, I needed to figure out how to utilize my creativity inside in healthy, kind, and compassionate ways. I needed to learn how to express myself so that I could create the life intentionally that I wanted to have. And that meant touching all of those items I've just rattled off in a way that was not angry and not spewing and I wasn't setting fire to things anymore um, because that's what I used to do. And I realized I couldn't keep expressing it in that way i had to find a better way so yes that word (laughs) intentional that word intentional is that's jumping out at me and because it's a responsibility that you now have to yourself and to everyone that comes in contact with you you know it is it is oh my god it's so freaking powerful it's i say it a gazillion times and you've heard this a million times and i know kelly who's here has heard me say it, but my wake up call was even when I was feeling crappy for all of the years that I was doing my job, kind of like, you know, 30 years teaching art in so many spaces, loved it, but there was so much soaking up so many circumstances that I felt like were out of my control that I wanted to fix. So then I'd come home with it. And then when my 15 year old finally looked at me and said, what are you so angry at? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at yourself? Are you mad at your job? Like, what is it? And that's when the light bulb finally went on to give me permission 
to be like, oh my gosh, I am so not being the person that I want to show up as right all around and something needs to change. And you're not even concealing it well. And that was a big telling moment for you, right? Like not only is it occurring and that was like bad enough because you had to like come into this like, okay, I can no longer hide, Mm -hmm. but you really couldn't because your own child was saying, "Um, yeah, I'm, I'm bearing witness to this you know, kind of demon side of you and you probably want to take a look at it. (laughs) Like she couldn't take it anymore. So it's kind of like we get this feeling that we're just kind of going along in our bubble, but we're touching and hitting a lot of people along the way with whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I'd always say to my students, I'd always say, it's like, use your power for good. Use your power for good. And then it's like, Hollis, use your power for good. (laughs) Like take your own advice and uh, show up the way that you want to show up. It's not about being perfect because you're going to screw up and you're going to look messy. And you're not even striving for that. It's no, not striving striving for that. Let's face it. You're just trying to work it out so that you're being helpful and kind and not harmful. And it always starts with you, you know? I love that. It's helpful true. and kind and not hurtful. There and we that, go. Yeah, we cannot be harmful any longer. And once we start to recognize that that's sort of what's seeping out of us, like harmful to ourselves. Well, that, you know, even if we aren't doing anything specifically to anybody else, wearing harmful, ugly energy, yeah, it's impacting the world around you and those who come in contact with you. And that's not fun either. So, you know. Yeah. There's your mantra, everybody. Be helpful and kind and not harmful, not hurtful. (laughs) It's that it's like being in line. It's like talking to the cashier. And if you're saying like, what the hell is your problem? Why are you so slow? I'm in a rush. I got to get out. Like, come on. Or if something, if you did need to get quick, you know, somewhere quickly and just be like, I really appreciate you. Is there any chance we could just kind of do this a little faster? Exactly. And then believe me, I'm not, you know, I'm not always uh, going and reaching for the the compassionate statement. I have to catch myself because my go-to in some of those hasty moments is to be like, what the hell's going on here? Move it along. Are you kidding? Can you think outside yourself? You know, I'm thinking in my head about the other person. I'm not saying these things. But in my head, I'm saying like, are you joking me? Like it's you're you know, there's a whole world going on around you. Can you look up and look around and realize that you're impacting people? Like, let's go, everyone. You know, I'm the first one behind the wheel of the car and certainly in the grocery store. Those are my two places where I feel the most angst, like, come on, people, it's not just about you. But um, you have to remind myself not to, you know, behave badly. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> we're, we all are. We all are. So, um, Moving on to the second question, which is how do you incorporate more? I know creativity is the exhale. It's kind of everything, but how do you um, take incorporate creativity into your own life? Be it both with work personally, what do you do for yourself? Yeah. So I do like a lot of cool things now. And I think again, it's because I've practice it, right? So you kind of just get better at it. Creativity for me first started, you know, in that basic exhale way with uh, starting, an, a, I sound simple, starting a grateful journal. I started it probably like 10 years ago. 
And I would force myself every day to write a few things that I was grateful for. You know, just it was something that was, you know, out there in the ether and in Oprah land, right? You know, it was one of those, you know, things that I learned from one of her programs of, you know, do this. It's a stackable experience. I'm like, great, I could use that. And it took a while, but after like the first, I'd say six months, eight months, like coming into that first year, I started to realize that I changed. And I was softening to myself. And I was also, you know, getting into this really cool practice nightly of writing down things I had been grateful for through the day. Now, not every day was great, right? Some days were really not great. And I could tell because I would write like dumb things like, oh, I was grateful for my sandwich or I was grateful for those potato chips. Like I'd write something really stupid and little and insignificant. But that was like because I was feeling annoyed or feeling sad or feeling something that wasn't positive. And so I, I would, but I would force myself to write. And so it sounds simple, but that's how I started incorporating creativity in my life. Like, like can you create more compassion for yourself? Can you create more gentle and kindness toward yourself? And can you create um, grace, really? And so my first real, I would say, exposure to being super creative and thoughtful with myself was through that. And really, then it was through like, oh, I want to become better at baking. I was never really like great at it. I was interested in it. I would start doing things like that. And then it was like, oh, adult coloring books. I was like, yeah, they're probably like weird to some people and whatever. Then I started doing that. Then I started buying little like templates and paints and I'd try doing that. Um, you know, then it was a function of, oh, I'm going to become more athletic. I want to challenge myself to do that. And so my creativity came out in those places. And then it was, oh, I'm going to launch a podcast. And I was like, yeah, that's creative. And so everything started to flow. And I started to trust that I was allowed to do these things that showcased my rhythm, my temperament, or my, my thoughts, and, and what I thought was really interesting and cool and what I wanted to put out there, my words, right? And right. my version of me into the world. And so the more you do of that, even something like baking, or even something like, you know, what I just wanted it to be what I wanted it to be. And you sort of, I don't know, for me anyway, I, I started to trust my ability to do things um, and to find places to express myself. And it kept rolling and it continues to roll. And I love that. I love mm. that. So many things, but trust, that's really a very big thing. Yeah. Because as you said, it's, you start incorporating things, you start trying these things. So many people will stop because let's say the baking, there's that old story. Well, I was never good at baking, so why should I try now? Even though you want to try and you want to get better at it or you want to try these different things and you want to practice and da-da-da-da, there will be that voice that will say, no, you weren't good at it before, so don't even try it. So a lot of people will stop there. But it's going through the process and then it's trusting yourself. And then, like you said, it's it's creating this version of you that that you want to put out there. That It just feels so good. It does. 
It does. Even like, you know, there were, I can also share, like, I am one of those people who bought a candle making kit, never even opened it. Never, never opened it. It was like, nah, forget it. I have purchased all sorts of tools that I and never ended up using. So I've made those choices too, and then did not express myself at but all. You, but you might later, it might be it might not be for now. Exactly. That can happen too. So, I mean, again, if people are listening and they're thinking, oh, you know, I, I've tried that or I won't give myself permission for whatever the reason, just know that like not every choice we make is going to be the road we're going to pursue, but it's okay. I didn't, wasn't good in school. And yet I went back to school. I just took the one class when I first started because I was trying to test the waters and I could have easily said, oh, well, I wasn't smart when I was younger. So why should I now? But it's sort of like trying food, you know, just because you didn't like something a long time ago doesn't mean you can't like it now or or you love something at one point and now you're like, yeah, yuck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not having it. <laughs> yeah, yuck. So whatever, you know, I think staying curious, I love that too. Like I'm always talking about that, like stay curious, just, you know, challenge yourself to be open because when you're not curious, that means you're so certain. And if you're so certain, uh, no, not a good place to be. Uh, not a good place to be. You're going to be very, it's a very stuck place to be when you're just feeling like tight, you know, you've, you're, you think you can call it all or know it all. And uh, it's not exciting. That's for sure. It's not exciting. No. When you're yeah. right all the time. Yeah. Not good. No, 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 no. And I think it's important to note when you were talking about the grateful journal um, that even when you felt like it was something trivial and you knew you were just like sandwich potato chips. Yeah. Blah. It's still keeping yourself accountable and it's still keeping yourself, you know, in that, in that structure of that. So I find that important. Yes. And, um, I appreciate you bringing that up because when we're not feeling it <clears throat> is the time when it's just like, well, that's, I'm just not feeling it. So I'm not going to do it, but then it just throws off the whole thing. You need to stay in it and be consistent. Absolutely. And, you know, I can reflect back and tell you that I know I would know exactly which days that I felt really, you know, crappy or in the dumps based on what I wrote. But yeah, being accountable, staying in it, just trusting the process. Um, I, I want to say that out loud and share it because I think often we read things about people who have, you know, pivoted in their lives and it looks pretty, you know, awesome. And even the few bumps that they might share, you know, we're like, you still question like how how do i how can i do it like i don't get this like how do i figure that out because i don't think people are telling you everything about how you know either hard or how you know uncomfortable it can feel sometimes and i think we have to acknowledge that because that's just real life it is real life yeah it's very very <laughs> real life my daughter and i would uh before going to sleep she'd kind of snuggle next to me and we'd say two things you're grateful for and then she would always follow it up with, it can't be about work, mom. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I am grateful for that. She's like, it can't be about work. Be more expansive. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, she wanted you to see beyond, you know, that part, because that's probably when you're doing work and you love, especially, or that you appreciate, it's a little easier to find those, you know, nuggets of uh, positivity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Kelly, thank you. She said, I appreciate the affirmation to step into gratitude. It's almost impossible to feel crappy while you're in gratitude. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah. yeah, I think we have to, it's sort of like, you know, gritting our teeth and bearing it to some degree, but just reminding ourselves that, you know, it's, it still was a day, it may not have been the one you wanted to have. And, you know, things, you know, my shit might have hit the fan, like whatever, but I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm showing up for myself, and, um, and I'm going to bed now. And that's why probably one of the reasons I did it at night, I also wanted to talk about the summary of my day. But then I was also like, okay, uh, lights out because tomorrow's a new day and I need to get there. You yeah. know, sometimes that's, that's all you're left with. So and as somebody might say, which I've heard before, it's another day above ground. So that is a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> Be grateful for the shit hitting the fan or whatever it is. So before we get to the last question, um, do you, I've been asking people lately and I love hearing, do, do you have a morning routine by any chance? So mornings are a little bit tricky. I have, guess I have a little bit of a morning routine. The good news is that I used to wake up with like a bad recording, like a negative recording, mm -hmm. and I don't have that anymore. So when I wake up now, I'm actually kind of thinking in more positive terms, which for me personally is brilliant. I was unable to start my day off like happily. Um, I start slow though, and I don't push myself. Um, I like to give myself a few minutes. I mean, you might call it meditation. I'm not so sure that I would call it that every day, but I kind of like to just lay, think, and have some positive affirmations like going through my head. Just like, you know, the I'm going to have a great day or this is going to be a good one or, you know, I'm healthy, I'm smart, I'm ready to go, that sort of thing. So I do try to at least give myself that boost. Um, and outside of that, I really just like to have some quiet time and get my day started slow. So yeah, stretch a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just, I think for me, because it started off on the extreme negative side for a lot of years, like a lot of anxiety, a lot of negative thoughts, a lot of like, you know, who the hell do you think you are kind of talk. I am in such a great neutral place that it may not be this brilliant, like, oh, all of this like practice stuff in the morning, but it's nice and simple and quiet. And so I'll take that. Mm. This is why I love asking people these, this question, because it doesn't have to be this big thing. That's right. It, it doesn't have to be, well, 10 minutes of meditation and then a journal and then I do this. If you do, that's great. If that's what makes you feel good, then that's great. Right. But just what you just said in, you know that you need quiet. You want to start slower. So to me, in saying that, that's amazing. That just feels so nice to hear of, okay, it can be that simple. Yep. Like um, you're, you're allowed to have that. <laughs> you, you are, you are, you're allowed to have that doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, for me, I would even add, cause I agree it's for me for the, I, I would often wake up with that negative thought of still like, Oh my God. Okay. How am I going to do this? Or da 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 immediately lately I've been turning on, um, Abraham Hicks. Nice. pretty much right away or some kind of frequency music or something like as soon as I wake up to replace any thought that might jump into my head, that's not making me feel good. And then, you know, just even to me, I consider the process of brushing my teeth and putting on my makeup and picking my clothes out, going down and making my chai like that to me, <clears throat> opening the door, seeing what it feels like outside. Exactly it's it's your morning kind of rituals that's it i mean and then the only other thing i will add to that and i love that you start off with some positive affirmations that's so super um 
I light incense. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like the flow of incense burning throughout my home is, um, yeah, it makes me happy. Mm. There's the key word, makes you happy. Yep. Because by feeling good, by feeling more joyful, then you're starting out at a higher vibration. Yep. My space is my space is super important to me and the feeling and the vibe in my my home very important to me. Um, yeah, and that I feel like that's what I contribute to it to keep it going. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you just inspired me to I think I'm going to kind of sage sage oh. through the house after. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> wonderful. Oh my gosh. Okay. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, the third and final question is, which kind of wraps it up and puts a nice little bow. Why do you think creativity is important? Yeah, I think it's because it's how you learn to um, express who you are. I think it's how you figure out what feels good. I think it's where you find your vibration even. Um, yeah, it, it's um, it's how you can almost assemble your parts. I can say this in so many different ways, but it's how you assemble your parts and your your puzzle pieces in life, and how you create the scope of what your life looks like, or what who you are, and how you contribute to yourself and to those around you. I think utilizing your creativity and your expression are what make you you and unique. And I think finding positive cool and interesting ways to do that that feel right for you creates your own safety with yourself i think it's all it's all tethered and tied together and i think um it's how we create our best version of ourselves for ourselves with ourselves yeah and i love that oh my god i love that every time i mean i just get blown away i mean do you hear this everybody like, creativity is it's life. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's who it's, you are. It's your fingerprint. It's your own rhythm. It's your, it's yours. It's you. <laughs> yes. It is you. How yeah. are you going to choose to show up? Yeah. 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 You get to choose. You certainly do. You really do. You get the choices. Oh my gosh. Uh, Susan, can you please tell people how they can find you? Absolutely. So <laughs> I am the host of dreams and detours, the podcast. And so you can find me there. You can find me at Susan at dreamsdetours.com. I love when people reach out. Um, I'm, you know, doing all my coaching work and, and now obviously psychotherapy work, but I love to have conversations with people like you. I, I dedicated a show to talk about the life we're living, um, good or bad. And I think we find ourselves in other people's stories. It's how we affirm what we know to be true. So, yeah. Come on down. <laughs> Love chatting with you. You hear this, everybody. You hear how powerful she is. And uh, it, you can just feel your energy. Uh, you can just feel your, your purpose and your passion. And so appreciate you sharing it with the world. Thank you for having me. I've loved being here. You know, I love chatting with you. <laughs> love chatting with you. So before we say our goodbyes, do you feel, is there anything that you want to share as a final note? Yeah. I mean, I just think that, you know, again, I, if you're feeling, you know, any hesitation with yourself, if you're feeling any like, you know, trepidation toward life and what you've been doing, I think sit in there and, and feel your feels and don't hide from yourself and let yourself be and shake it all out if you need to physically just to get the mind body connection back aligned. But, you know, 
just know that life is end, not or. You can, you're allowed to feel afraid and pursue something. You're allowed to feel nervous or uncertain and still laugh and have joy. And you're allowed to feel sad and, and what have you and, and enjoy um, the space you're in. So, yeah. Ooh, that was, I give each person a, a quote. So that is your quote. Life is end, not or. That's right. Brilliant. Oh my gosh. Okay. Love you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Big and hugs. Lots of love. <laughs> and everybody joining us live, catching the replay. We so appreciate you. You could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate that you have spent it with us. This space is all about connection, sharing stories and perspectives. And I believe we've always needed it, but I think we need it now more than ever. So please like, follow, share, all that good stuff so we can just spread the word and reach more people and uplift because that is what we want. So wherever you are in the world, we wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening. And we will be talking to you soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is iamcreativephilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one. <laughs>